Welcome to Michigan Opera Theater's Opera Here podcast. This is Andrea Scobie and Arthur White with Michigan Opera Theater. We are thrilled you have joined us today as we take a look at the opera Frida based on the life of Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. We will speak with the opera's composer, Robert Xavier Rodriguez, on the evolution of the work, as well as soprano Catalina Cuervo, who takes up the role of Frida in this production. The opera is being remounted in Detroit after its highly acclaimed production at the DIA's Film Theater back in 2015. The opera will be staged this time at Music Hall in homage to MOT's first production there 50 years ago. Performances of Frida will run February 26th and February 27th. Sung in both Spanish and English, Frida is the story of renowned Mexican artist Frida Kahlo, wife of the country's great muralist Diego Rivera. The two come to Detroit in 1932, where Rivera completed his famous murals for the Detroit Institute of Arts. The opera by Robert Xavier Rodriguez premiered in Philadelphia in 1991 and is based on a book by Hilary Bletcher with lyrics and monologues by Medalia Cruz. The opera highlights Kahlo's tortured life, which unfolds in a succession of scenes acted and sung. Diego's preoccupation with art and other women takes a toll on Frida, and her demands for love drain him. While they need one another desperately, divorce is imminent. Frida's health deteriorates, and it's only painting that permits her emotional release, translating her agonies into a series of canvases. Her fate is to live alone, engulfed by pain, but her paintings live forever, reflecting hidden dreams and inspiring courage to transcend conventional boundaries. The opera opens in Mexico City in 1923 when Frida is 16 years old. She attends the National Preparatory School, and two years later, she and her boyfriend, Alejandro, board a bus which crashes, leaving Frida severely injured. The isolation of her three-month-long recovery begins her life as a painter. She meets Diego Rivera in 1927, and the two eventually marry in spite of their 20-year age difference. When Diego's work is denounced in Mexico, the Riveras resolve to try their luck in the United States. After Rivera completes his 27 panels titled Detroit Industry Murals for the Detroit Institute of Arts, the two travel to New York City where they meet John D. Rockefeller, who commissions Rivera to paint the mural Man at the Crossroads. Rockefeller is unhappy when Rivera includes former Soviet leader Vladimir Lenin in the mural. And when he refuses to remove Lenin, Rivera is fired from the project and the mural is destroyed. At the same time, Frida, who has grown in her dislike for the excesses of the capitalistic culture in the US, experiences numerous health problems related to a lost pregnancy. The two realize they must now leave the US and return home to Mexico as act one closes. When Act Two opens, the Riveras have returned to Mexico and Diego embarks on several extramarital affairs. Frida is horrified to discover her sister, Cristina, is among them. Frida embarks on affairs of her own with the revolutionary Leon Trotsky, as well as affairs with women, and Frida and Diego decide to divorce. Frida sells some of her paintings to actor Edward G. Robinson and this launches successful tours of Europe and the United States. But soon images of death begin to appear in Frida's imagination as she is haunted by her physical and emotional pain. In delirium, Frida relives episodes of her life and Diego and Frida decide to remarry. She departs with a cry of Viva la vida, alegria, and Diego. 
you know, Arthur, this production will actually be the first time that I get to see Frida. Um, I was not around in 2015 when it had its premiere at Michigan Opera Theater. Um, what do you remember? What what struck you most about this opera when you got to see it at that time? So I have to tell you, back in 2015, all I really knew about Frida Kahlo was the famous movie. Uh, and so when uh, this came to town, it was it was everywhere because, you know, there was an exhibit, of course, at the DIA, which went along with it. And and so there, it was like the whole city was talking about Frida. So there was such a big excitement. And then it was the first time I had seen uh, Catalina Cuervo, who just, you know, just came off the stage. Uh, it was a performance that people were talking about uh, for weeks and months afterwards. As a matter of fact, uh, immediately after the production closed, people were already asking how soon it was going to come back to Detroit. That's amazing. I'm so glad we get to have it back now. Uh, for audience members like me who didn't have the chance to see it the first time, uh, you're not going to want to miss this. I've been so excited just as rehearsals have been happening, uh, seeing footage, being able to peek in a little bit. And I know that we are in for just a spectacular production as was played in 2015. And additionally, it's going to be at Music Hall. So a little bit of a bigger space. We'll see some new uh, projections. We'll see some new physical elements to the stage. Uh, and it'll be a little bit bigger than the production in 2015. Isn't that right, Arthur? Indeed. And also, you know, uh, I believe this, uh, the production in 2015 was Catalina Cuervo's first production, and she has gone on to sing this production all around the United States. And so it's, it'll be great to see how her interpretation and understanding of this role has even evolved uh, since 2015. Absolutely. Well, I know we'll get to talk to Catalina about this role, uh, but before we get to speak with her, I know we have another special guest. The composer will be joining us. Uh, Arthur, can you tell us a little bit about Robert Xavier Rodriguez? Well, I have to tell you, I am thrilled to welcome him, uh, the composer who hails from San Antonio, Texas. He completed his musical studies at the University of Texas at Austin, as well as University of Southern California. He uh, worked in Tanglewood, the Fountain Bleu American Conservatory of Paris. Uh, he has gone on to compose a host of operas, orchestral and choral works, ballets, and chamber music. Uh, he composed uh, opera, the opera Frida about Mexican artist Frida Kahlo in 1991, uh, and we are just so thrilled that he's here. Welcome, Mr. Robert Xavier Rodriguez. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, you know, as I mentioned, uh, you were born in San Antonio. We're not too far from the uh, U.S.-Mexico border. Wondering what impact did this geography have on your early development and your decision to become a composer, uh, as well as the music itself? San Antonio is a beautiful city. It's even more beautiful now than it was when I lived there. But it has that beautiful river. There, there are palm trees. There, there, there are beautiful art museums. We had an excellent symphony. And in those days, San Antonio was one of the few cities in the United States to have an opera company. Back then, then there was the Metropolitan and Chicago and San Francisco and San Antonio. So all the major opera stars would come through San Antonio. So early on, opera, opera was my mother's milk, milk musically. Wow, very good. So let me ask you this question. Uh, so you're in your mid uh, 40s by 1991 when you composed Frida. Um, how yeah. did the opera uh, come about? Were you a big fan of Frida Kahlo already or how did this all come about? I can't take credit for the wonderful idea to write an opera about Frida. As, as, as one reviewer put it, the story of Frida was an opera waiting to happen. The American Music Theater, which is now called Prince Theater, had the wonderful idea. 
and they approached me nine months before opening night and asked me to write them an opera about freedom. No pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure. It, it was like having a baby, but with the labor pains all the way through. But uh, we were a good team and we got it done. And it was declared, the New York Times called it the best opera musical theater of 1991. They certainly did. Can you tell us, why do you think opera was the right medium for this story, as opposed to maybe something else? Maybe it could have been musical theater or something else. The story is so big, it called out for the biggest of all art forms. They, they say opera is life times 10. And Frida was operatic in, in, in her life and in her personality. So the, the bigness of her achievement matches the bigness of opera. Fantastic. Could you talk to us a bit about all the different musical styles we're going to hear? I know there's mariachi, you know, so many other things. Could you talk about the different styles we're going to hear? Well, uh, Stravinsky said great composers don't borrow, they steal. Uh, I, I take many sources and I weave it into my own music. So there, there are threads of modernism. There are th threads of Mexican folk music. There is a little jazz. There's a little Broadway. There's a little court vial. One review called Frida called me a Mexican court vial, which I take very well. I think it, there are very few composers who have managed to, to merge the, the complexity of classical opera and, and, and the immediacy of musical theater into, into one rich genre. So now Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera, of course, come to Detroit in 1932, as well as some yes. other cities, San Francisco, New York, to paint his famous murals. He was really the big personality at the time. But yes. now we are 90 years later. It seems to be Frida who seemed to have sort of eclipsed him. Can you tell us why, why do you suppose she has captured our imagination so? He was certainly the big star at the time I encountered the story. It's only in the most recent years that, that Frida has come into her own. I think part of it is the feminist revival that people are more interested in women seeking out women artists. She's also a convenient poster child for so many causes, not, not, not only women, but Latin culture and in general people with physical disabilities, people who, who like their sex in both directions. Every, everyone wants a piece of Frida. And they say we read books to see whether we're in them. And I think we, we, we go to the theater to see part of our own lives up there. Now, MOT mounted a revival of Frida back in 2015, which was so well, I mean, beautifully well-received here in Detroit, the production. Had you um, done any updating? Did you either add music or change anything? Or did you move around anything in that, in that production? The opera was pretty much set by the time it opened at the Houston Grand Opera. We had had a premiere in Philadelphia. We had the luxury of workshopping it which happens very rarely in the, in the field of opera. The, the definitive version of the score came out in Houston, but the, the most magical production with the sets and the, and the dance and the costumes and, and the staging and the wonderful stars was certainly in Detroit. This one is, is especially rich. 
And I'm especially fond of, of all of the performers. Many of them from the original Michigan production are back to celebrate their triumph, and I'm delighted. Oh, yeah. Catalina Cuervo has just gone on to make this character and this role her own, hasn't she? She has, <laughs> indeed. I, 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 I've seen her many times, and it gets better and better. Mr. Robert Rodriguez, you made my week, my month. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Thank you. A great pleasure, as always. So fantastic to have the opportunity to hear about this opera direct from the composer. Um, so glad that uh, Maestro Rodriguez could join us. Uh, but before we end this podcast today, we do have one more special guest. Uh, Frida herself, soprano Catalina Cuervo, uh, is here with us. But Arthur, why don't you go ahead and give us a little introduction? Certainly. She hails from Colombia. Uh, she is known as La Soprano de Fuego, the fiery soprano. She completed her master's degree in music and opera at Roosevelt University in Chicago. In addition to her work in the standard roles of Fior de Ligi and Così Fan Tutte, Annetta and Pagliacci, Musetta and Boheme, uh, Magna and Puccini's La Rondine. She has really distinguished herself in the roles of Maria de Buenos Aires, uh, the tango opera by Astor Piazzolla, uh, and of course, Frida Kahlo, the opera we're talking about today by Robert Xavier Rodriguez, uh, which she has taken to the Florida Grand Opera, the Atlanta Opera, Cincinnati Opera, the Syracuse Opera, New York City Opera, and others, and we just are so thrilled she's here. Welcome, Ms. Catalina Cuervo. Good evening, Arthur and Andrea. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I want to start kind of going back to the beginning with you, Catalina. Um, can you tell us about your background and your early life? How was it that you came to discover opera uh, and to discover this voice that you have? So it's it's a very it's a very difficult question because there's so many things that happened in my early uh, years as a child and a, and then as a teenager that it all you know there are many reasons why I'm here today but I will mention a couple so first of all my great aunt was Colombia's most famous and most well known operatic soprano coloratura soprano in Colombia. She was very successful both in opera and folkloric, you know, uh, music. But unfortunately, she died very young and she uh, died before I was born. Um, so when I was born, I, you know, grew up basically in a family that idolized her. And, you know, everybody was just so proud of her. And uh, it was the family's pride. So that I'm pretty sure had a little bit of an influence in me, you know, growing up and, and seeing the way uh, my family was so proud of her. And I, you know, maybe I, I, I didn't do it, you know, consciously, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was like, it'll be so cool to be, make my family proud, uh, proud too. Also, uh, my father loves uh, classical music, but also rock music. And uh, this is where it all started. When I was growing up, I, you know, I was always hearing all this music that my dad would put jazz and rock and classical music and, and be deeply influenced by it. So pretty, pretty early on when I was like three or four, my dad and my mom took me to piano lessons. So that was my beginning in music. Then when I was 12, I became, I was a 
teenager of the 90s, a child of the 80s. So it was impossible not to be a rocker. So then at 12, I started playing guitar. And then later on is when I started singing at 18. But then about the question of how did I discover the voice? Well, I always knew I wanted to sing, even though I was a pianist and then a guitarist, I always wanted to sing. And I used to pray to God every night that he will give me a beautiful voice because I heard when I was a child that my great aunt used to do the same. And then I came to the United States when I was 18 to study music. And that's when I started to sing. And in my first voice lesson, I remember my teacher warming up my voice and she was like, oh my God, your range. And then she started making me sing. And then we just discovered that the voice was there. And I didn't know it was there until I was 18. Kind of surprising. So uh, to tell us, uh, when did you first become aware of the name of Frida Kahlo? Was she uh, an early icon of yours? For sure, for sure. So in, in my uh, home country of, of Colombia, we had admire Frida for many, many years, I will say decades earlier than, than here in the United States. And my aunt from my mom's side, her name is Nancy Samur. She is a painter and she works with watercolor and is one of the best watercolorists in, in Colombia. And she always, always, always admired Frida Kahlo. I remember my aunt telling me about her you know, I knew about Frida since I was a child as well. Wow. So the arts really loom large in your family. You, you have quite an artistic background. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> both both artistic and, and sports are the, the two of my family. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You, you have me <laughs> wanting to ask so many questions, Catalina, about the sports <laughs> background and, and particularly about the rock, because I know you still sing with you sing rock music as well as opera. Isn't that correct? Correct. So I've always been back and forth, back and forth between rock music and classical. So I started with classical piano, then electric guitar when I was a teenager and I had two bands. I didn't sing. I was just a guitarist. And then when I moved to the United States at 18, I started singing opera. So then classical. And then about seven years ago, I went back to rock music. And but this time to sing, I am a soloist and I also sing sometimes with different bands. The genre that I sing is called symphonic metal, which is a genre of rock music that uses symphonic compositions. So I can sing with my lyric voice as well as my chest voice, which is wonderful. So yeah, I go back and forth between the two of them. I love that. I think that's just incredible. And I think something that's probably really unexpected, right? In classical circles, <laughs> I, bet that, I bet you surprise a lot of people with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Catalina, uh, MOT mounted a well-received production of Frida back in 2015, and you've gone on to star in many other productions of Frida since. How has your relationship with the role and the woman uh, evolved over time, and will there be something different about this particular presentation? Yes, so, Arthur, uh, you know, we are... I am so lucky that I was able to be part of the revival back in 2015 when it, this opera was, you know, basically at the moment kind of like uh, sleeping. <laughs> and we did the big revival and the big uh, awakening again uh, of this opera and, you know, very, very lucky to be there. Now, after that, to tell you the truth, this opera has literally like stolen my whole career slowly every year been done more and more and more 
And um, this time, there's a couple of things that are different than back in 2015 and some things that are the same. So one of the things that makes it very, very special is that we have the privilege to have most of our team from 2015 back. And uh, after doing a couple of productions in other cities, both Ricardo and I agree that we miss our original team so much. Uh, we've done it with companies that are absolutely amazing, with amazing casts, but the first times that we heard all of the all of those characters was with the uh, revival in 2015. So we've been missing that team. What we did in 2015 was so magical that it's actually the most memorable opera I've had in my whole career of any opera. So imagine how special that is. So uh, that's one of the things that that's staying the same, which is that we're gonna have most of our team now. Some things that have changed. First, we are having a couple uh, new members that they are doing a fantastic job and they're a great addition to uh, our production. And adding to that, I know it so well that I can just sing it and enjoy it. Thing is really in my voice now. And so I think that that's going to be better this time around. Could I add one thing, if I may, you talked about how the role has sort of taken over your career. Uh, in my conversation with the composer, Robert Xavier Rodriguez, he mentioned that you are right now in the world the primary and principal interpreter of this role. I thought that was pretty neat. Yes, so lucky, right? Really, really lucky to have that privilege and title. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And, and we're really lucky here in Detroit to be able to have you come back and do this role. Um, and, and I just want to say, too, you know, speaking of you in Detroit, we've really been fortunate to see you on a number of occasions, uh, not only appearing as Frida, but um, also with the symphony uh, in community concerts and doing some education events. So I wonder if you could tell us about your relationship with the communities in Detroit. Uh, from the first time that I, I came to Michigan, uh, because we were doing Frida, and Frida was an opera that was meant also to reach the communities and uh, and to go places where maybe the opera didn't go before. And it also was a way to communicate and um, attract Latino communities, uh, Mexican communities, Colombian communities. There was something very special in 2015, which is that there is an association of Colombians here. It's called La Asociación de Colombianos in Michigan. And uh, I met them back in 2015 and uh, they all came to the opera. And, you know, like that, that has always been so special. And it's because of the wonderful work that was done by Michigan Opera Theater in connecting those associations, those groups and connecting and making sure that Latinos in different communities in Michigan knew that this was going on and this opera was, was being done for them as well. And then from then on, I've participated in a couple more concerts uh, where always the community is uh, always reaching the community. So I just have been so, so lucky to be the chosen one to do that outreach. And that really is special to me. You know, Catalina, Frida is always on the stage throughout this opera. Um, she has arias, duets, <laughs> ensembles, you have scenes and monologues. Uh, this is more than we would typically ask of a leading lady in an opera. I wonder if you can talk about some of the specific challenges of bringing this role to life. Oh my God, Andrea, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you said, normally we don't have as many challenges and things to do for for the for the in our roles. You know, it, the music singing opera is always difficult, and just the music, and then adding to that you also have to add monologues and dialogues and adding to that, like you said, um, I think it's two hours and a half, I think is, is how long it is. And um, I am always on, sta on stage except for one scene. So other than that, I'm on stage all the time. Oh and God. it brings an extra challenge in this production. And that is that because the opera, it's like a documentary of her life, then every scene represents a different moment in her life. And because of this, to try to be as authentic as we can, then there's like, I don't know if it's 12 or 14 changes that I, I have in between scenes, and they are all under a minute. So when I leave the stage, which in any other production, it will be to rest a little bit or to take a deep breath or to drink some water or sit down. Actually, when I leave the stage, it's crazy town back there. And I'm running to a quick change area, changing in half a second, coming back and singing. So it's, it's a marathon. It's, it's, it's like the most physical opera I do. Yeah. craziest opera I do. You took the words right out of my mouth thinking about both America, a marathon. And uh, I did want to ask you about sort of how physical this role is, because we know that Frida experienced these injuries early on. Can you talk about the physicality of sort of inhabiting her as she grows throughout her life that, I mean, there must be such specific, I don't know, just attention paid as you're going through the timeline of her life to how she inhabits her own body. Definitely, definitely. In some scenes, running around like a crazy person when she's a kid. Then uh, after the accident, I'm literally singing for a whole more, the most difficult aria I'm singing and laying in my bed with a cast on, which is the most difficult thing. And then there's other moments where I'm in a wheelchair and I'm pushing myself uh, while singing. In other moments, I am using a cane and, and, and showing the moment that she was having uh, troubles with her feet. So I have to kind of like limp or like walk uh, that way. And that is very painful. That's the most painful thing is the cane thing. And uh, so it's, you know, it's so physical. And then it's ev literally every scene, it's a different way of walking. It's a different pain. It's a different challenge physically. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Katalina, I was always thinking about the injuries that Frida was suffering from the bus accident, but then I just remembered she suffered from polio also from as, as a young child. So I'm sure that probably played into some of her later manifestations of pain and discomfort and inability, I assume. For sure. She, she suffered polio. Then she got the accident. After the accident, she was okay for some years let's say she could walk perfectly but then her back started debilitating and having a lot of problems so then she ended up having many many surgeries about more than 30 surgeries so throughout her life she was at moments very well physically and on other moments in a wheelchair not, be, not being unable to move so by the end she was so young she was in her 40s and her body was just like so 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 broken she you know i don't know how she did it she was just frida was amazing 
Can I ask you also, uh, Catalina, if I may, can you talk about the different musical vocabulary of this work? I know there's mariachi music and folk music, jazz influences. I remember my conversation with the composer, we talked about Kurt Vaughn was on his mind as he was working on this score. What uh, Can you tell us about having to sing all these and, and master all these styles? So Arthur, there's something for your uh, opera lovers and knowers. <laughs> um, it's very important to understand that this work, it, you cannot compare this work to anybody else. So that's the first thing. It, it's really, this is Robert Javier Rodriguez and is, even though he had so many influences, uh, like he said, but at the end of the day, nothing sounds like him. So it's, you know, our new, our opera lovers should go with an open mind and open heart about hearing something they've never heard before. It's really a mix or a perfect marriage of musical theater and opera. It's Latin American opera. So it's it's a different tradition. And every, every composer has influences of their, their own country's folkloric music. And in this case, Robert Javier Rodriguez had a big influence in his music of folkloric Mexican music, mariachi, for example, um, bolero. There's a part that I sing to Diego that is literally a bolero. Uh, tango, it's also in it. There's adding to that, you know, jazz. Uh, and like he said, the influence of American opera, court vial. So Robert Javier Rodriguez really uses all of the you know different traditions and rhythms that he knows and he puts it in the music and uses it uses it to help create a movement and a feeling of what is going on in that scene it's really fascinating well Catalina I feel like I could ask you about a million more questions but uh we do want to uh, respect your time thank you so much <laughs> for joining us and for talking a little bit about this role and your work um we're so excited to see you on stage at the music hall Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, too, to everyone listening to our glimpse into MOT's production of Frida. We hope to see you at Music Hall for this exciting production. To purchase tickets to Frida or to find more information, visit our website at michiganopera.org. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you at the opera. Oh.